and welcome to the chat. That's right, the Chucklehead Chat, a podcast hosted by me, Chief of the Chuckleheads. New topic each week with a great new guest host. Sit back, enjoy the show, be entertained, be educated, laugh, cry, hate it, love it, or fall asleep to it. It's okay because it serves a purpose. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Chucklehead Chat. Releasing a little late this week just because I got a little bit on my mind. It's football season. Well, almost over. Tomorrow, the San Francisco 49ers play the Los Angeles Rams, the former St. Louis Rams. That's going to be what most of our episode's about today. And also, the Chiefs play the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, I got friends that are Chiefs fans, but I got to root for the Bengals. I got to see if they're able to, to pull this off and they're able to go to a Super Bowl. So many people are excited. Shout out to my boy RD from the Ex-Millennial Podcast who lives in Cincinnati. He's a transplant out there and he's really rooting for his Bengals. But this is great times because the Super Bowl brings so many people together. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. There's so many chicken wings. Well, unless you can find them, there might be. I don't know if there's another shortage or not. But everyone is partying, getting together pre-COVID. You could Super Bowl parties was where, where it's at. People... It just brought so many people together. So many people just might watch it just for the hilarious Super Bowl ads. It's like a million plus dollars for 30 seconds of ad space. It's the most advertised time of the year. People sit there and watch it. They'll pause, fast forward through the commercials. It's exciting times. But we got four teams. If you know, if you listen, I don't really make my podcast very like centric towards certain topics all the time i like to one thing i think is different and unique about chucklehead chat is i switch it up all the time with different types of ideas and genres because when i start this podcast i didn't want it just to be the same old same old i want to be different and unique unique just like me because i'm crazy i'm out there there's lots of different things going on in this head thank goodness you guys can't hear all of it or you don't hear all of it but i want to talk about today the the super bowl it's coming up mainly the nfc championship game that's going to be played on Sunday night and that's against the 49ers and the Rams and if you know me you listen to this podcast often you know I am from the great city of St. Louis right located at Missouri in the Midwest the Cardinals were the our football team for a while but Bill Bidwell took them to, to Tempe and they're in Phoenix and they're in Arizona now and we were without a team for a while then all of a sudden we get the Los Angeles Rams they moved to St. Louis and I'm still a fan. People bust my chops so much for being a St. Louis Rams fan. Well, they're Los Angeles now, but I don't know why, but we're going to get into that for a little bit. So get ready. I mean, get ready. Are you ready for some football? We got friends and Al and Dan. They're going to get a kick started. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I just had to throw in some Hank Williams Jr. in there. and just You know, you're dancing around. You're singing to it. I'm dancing right now in my makeshift recording studio, and I'm loving it because it just makes you happy, that theme song, because you knew every Monday night you knew what was going to happen. You got the – I'm not, everyone knows if you listen to my podcast, first of all, thank you for doing it. I still don't know why people are, but, hey, I'll take listeners. I'm going to keep doing this. But I'm more of a baseball nut. That's just what I grew up watching because we were with – you know, from like 19, I think 87 or 88. I can't remember when the Cardinals football team left until 
1995, we were without a football team. And so we watched a lot of Cardinals baseball, you know, from my previous podcast, my great memories. I've grown up in the city. I live not far from the city now and just hopped on a bus, go down the old Bush stadium and watch some Cardinals baseball on the bleachers with my dad. Great memories from my childhood. But when the Rams moved to St. Louis in 1995, it was super exciting. And, you know, the Rams moved. It was a big deal because we thought originally we were going to get a new NFL franchise that year and we didn't. They actually had ownership ready. They had things ready to roll. They had a name. I think they were going to call it the St. Louis Stallions, which I don't know why that they thought that that could be a whole nother, another podcast on potentially what's your team instead of where's your team, which you can previous you can listen to previous episodes about teams that relocated. But we lost that franchise opportunity, and that franchise went to the to Jacksonville and became the Jacksonville Jaguars and. Also, the Carolina Panthers, those were the two cities that won the, the NFL franchises, and but we thought St. Louis was going to, so people were super bummed. But the mayor at the time, who was Freeman Bosley Jr., him and one of the previous mayors, uh, Vincent Shamel, they got together and they were hammering things out, and they all of a sudden make a deal with the – they gave over $20 million in tax incentive for Georgia Frontier – or Georgia Frontier, I'm going to call her Frontier because that's what she referred to herself as, but a lot of people said it was really Frontier, but we're going to call we might just call her Georgia. But she inherited the team from her husband. She was actually a St. Louis native. She was born and grew up in St. Louis and moved to Southern California when she was like 16 or 17, I believe. But she inherited the team from her husband. Her husband passed away. She was, I mean, good for her. She didn't sell the team. She ran the team in a predominant good old boys network even back then there's some female owners now but really back then that can only imagine how difficult that was that she was able to do that but the rams performance was then dwindling the attendance was dwindling the really think about it too and in los angeles i've never been there but i can only imagine there's a lot to do out there first of all you got and we've talked about this whenever my friend ty was on about where's your team about what why I could see why some sports teams not lasting in Los Angeles because there's just already so much to do out there. And I can only imagine, are they really going to want to go to a football game all the time when there's so much other things to do? I don't know. I don't know how much sporting stuff I would do out there if I lived in, if I had that kind of landscape to go to and that kind of scenery. But it was so bad that in parts of Southern, Cal- parts of Southern California, the, the TV was getting blacked out, so they couldn't even watch the Rams because they were watching other markets. And that's crazy. So she decided that she was going to move the Rams to St. Louis, but St. Louis or the NFL, actually the owners blocked the the move to St. Louis. And then Georgia decided she was going to sue the NFL if they didn't. Because I guess I can understand the why the NFL owners decided to block that move. A team had already left, and they probably just didn't think it was a sustainable NFL city again. And, you know, that's really up to debate with different people. I don't know if it is or isn't. But she decided she got the move. The move happened. She moves from the Rams moved their franchise from Los Angeles to St. Louis, 1995. They get a coach from Oregon. His name's Rich Brooks. I don't know if everyone remembers that first coach, but that's a little trivia question. He was the first head coach of the St. Louis Rams. And they did not bring a lot of talent with them, but some people don't realize that the bus, Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis, 
lot of people know what he was with the Steelers his, most of his career, but he was part of St. Louis Rams first, and that was exciting. He was part of the team. Little known receiver named Isaac Bruce, the Reverend, was also part of the team. He was so the Rams when they got here, they were not that great, and it was not very fun to watch. But they built a brand new convention center. Well, the convention center was already there, but they built the dome, which that's kind of later on in the podcast we're going to talk about that was kind of the demise of the franchise it was i remember going there as a kid i've only went to a few rams football games a friend of my dad had season tickets so we would go and i remember my first one i went to it was i'm almost embarrassed talking about this i don't know if i talked about this on a previous episode or not but i'll talk about it again i remember looking over at my dad and going where's the yellow line at for the for the first time I know what a what a dope. I can't believe I can't believe I'm even sharing. That's pretty embarrassing. But I really had no idea that it was actually a graphic on TV. I just because I wasn't a football player at football really. Even now is my less primary sport. I love watching it. I'm still learning more and more about plays and all that fun stuff. But we got an NFL franchise. That was super exciting. We had more another sports new sports team back in the city. I wish they would have. Re- maybe renamed the franchise like most like most franchises did back then whenever they got whenever they moved but rumor was is that they got new uniforms painted all the helmets right before the move and so Georgia Frontier was not going to rename just so the all the costs involved which I don't know if that's a a cheap move a power move whatever what have you but so they move in 1995 we go through a few seasons of not so much great football, but hey, it's football. I guess that's the main question: Is bad football better than no football? I, I don't know. I would, I would take bad football over no football. At least it gets people to complain about complain about something. But something awesome happened. 1999, from 1999 to 2004, we have this little thing called the greatest show on turf, and that included some of these key players. Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Ricky Prohl, Azahir Akeem, Orlando Pace, and many, many other people. And let me tell you, out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players I just named, four of them are now NFL Hall of Famers. Kurt Warner, NFL Hall of Famer. Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Azahir Akeem, Orlando Pace. Or no, I'm sorry. Akeem is not a Hall of Famer. Orlando Pace. So it's just four out of the seven. A lot of people think Torrey Holt really should be a Hall of Famer. That's up for debate. I don't know if I'm qualified to even really talk about that. But these guys were Hall of Famers. They did some great things. I think a lot of people don't like me talking about this either. So Kurt Warner seems, I don't know him personally, seems like he's a great dude. He's a He's a very um, outspoken Christian, and that's awesome. I'm, if you listen to me, I'm also a Christian. I am a believer, and he is too. And it's it was cool to see someone of you know same faith just doing what he was doing. He looks like he's the real deal. I don't know. I don't know him personally, so I can't question his character. But I would in any way because I don't want anyone questioning mine. But it was really exciting whenever he came on the scene because he was this no-name guy hurling the football the only argument I have and people still argue with this all the time he got into a preseason game because the quarterback the local St. Louis kid Trent Green gets his leg snapped in preseason game he's done for the year this little known quarterback played got cut from so many teams 
he gets thrown in there. He was played for many different teams, played for an arena. The, the most recent one was the Iowa Barnstormers in the Arena Football League. And this dude just starts chucking the ball. As great, and he's a Hall of Famer, but I think with that team, I think any quarterback could have taken that team to the Super Bowl. I could be wrong. I don't know. But they were such a great team. They held a record for three years for the amount of points scored in those seasons. So they had a total of 1,569 points that were scored, and that's, that's still a record for a team in a three-run stretch. And they actually went on to go win the Super Bowl that in the, that year, the year Warner took over. And just this is, this is such a great memory from my childhood. Take a listen to this. From the 10. Probably the final play of the game in regulation. It is caught by Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. No line. The game is over. The game is over. Now every Super Bowl should have an ending such as this. Down on the one-yard line, a terrific play call, trying to give Dyson an opportunity to break a tackle. Mike Jones, the linebacker. You don't hear a lot about him. He is the guy that is able to take Dyson down before he can get to the goal line. And that's why you're seeing this scene in celebration of the St. Louis Rams winning the National Football League Championship. One yard, one yard. My team almost lost the Super Bowl by one yard. Poor Titans fans. I almost feel sorry for them, but I don't. I remember that happened. I say from my childhood. That was the 99-2000 year. I was a freshman in college. We were all at my parents' house, my friends, Mindy. We were all there. We're hanging out. We're watching. We're excited. And I remember when that tackle was made, and they're like, they won, they won, they won. And my friend looked over at me, and he said, Dude, we just won a Super Bowl. And, man, and we hopped up. We were bobbing and weaving in my parents' living room. We accidentally knocked over a table or two. My dad started yelling at us, told us to take it outside. And we're we're excited. We're going crazy, man. How exciting was that? Your football team wins a Super Bowl by such a great defensive play. Gets the ta- it just That would have been over. So there was no time left. There would have been no time for the Rams. We were down 23-16. to 16. It would have been an easy, easy punch in. Didn't matter, but we won. It was super exciting. The greatest show on turf. It was good to see Kurt Warner, an underdog, as much as, like I say, I really think Trent Green would have taken us to the Super Bowl and we would have won, but it was a cool story. And I mentioned the word underdog because there's a movie that just came out on Christmas about his li- about Kurt Warner's life story. And I give Kurt Warner respect. People think I'm a big Kurt Warner hater. I'm not, Kurt. I love you, man. I think you're an excellent excellent example you're seem to be the real deal I just think that you know it all worked out I just think Trent Green could have taken that team there was just so many great elements of that team and the coolest thing you go back to the old saying how important is defense as a coach of any sport you, you hear the old phrase offense wins games but what defense wins championships and my squad won the Super Bowl that year they got bounced out of the playoffs the next year but that's okay because the following year, they make the Super Bowl again. They lose to some rookie clown quarterback named Tom Brady. I shouldn't say he's a clown. There's just a lot of controversy going around on that Super Bowl and many of the Super Bowls with, with all of the recording of practices and pregames and stuff of their opponents. But that's 
that's neither here nor there, but that's Tom Brady. He started his run then. I remember I was so upset. I was like, man, we were going to win again. We lost it by a field goal. And I remember just going home, and we were driving, and there was traffic for some reason on the highway on a Sunday night. And you looked over, and you could just look at all these disappointed people and how it was just – we were heartbroken. And actually – as I started recording today, it was announced officially that Tom Brady, after winning seven Super Bowls, is retiring from the National Football League. And I am not a huge Tom Brady fan, but I got to give the guy respect. He takes two different teams to a Super Bowl, and the guy's legit. He's got seven wins, but this isn't about Tom Brady. I still am mad at him for beating beating my Rams in the Super Bowl 36 because they lost 20 to 17. But the greatest show on turf, they go on. You know, as most teams do, they just start disbanding. Things happen. You know, some people get hurt. Georgia Frontier, she passes away in 2008. The kids put the team up for sale. I remember this because I used to deliver newspapers to supplement my income back in the day. And it was reported on the front page of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that Shad Khan, a businessman from Illinois, was going to buy the St. Louis Rams. And his plan was to, of course, keep the Rams in St. Louis. So he was going to buy the Rams. Everyone was excited because this guy was excited about football. But unfortunately, the current owner, Stan Kroenke, another Missouri guy, he buys, he's the minority owner of the Rams at the time. And he has, like most businesses for minority owners, they have the first right of refusal. And so he has opportunity, he exercises his right to purchase the remaining portion of the I think it was 70-30 or 60-40. I can't remember the exact what percentage he owned, but he was already I don't know if, I'm pretty sure he was a billionaire at the time. He owned several sports teams. He owned Arsenal over in England. He owns the Colorado Avalanche, the Denver Nuggets. He owns all this other thing. He's a big time. He's a heir to the wall. He's married to a Wal- Walton girl who owns the famous Walmart chain and but he he was a millionaire in his right then all of a sudden became a billionaire he made a lot of money in real estate and he exercised his right so Shad Khan he gets pushed out but he still decides to go and buy an NFL franchise and he buys the Jacksonville Jaguars and seems like that he's had some very good success there he is an exciting guy to watch he looks really cool I dig his mustache but no one really likes mustaches except me my wife she hates him but that's okay but I thought it would he would have been a great owner of the St. Louis Rams. So Kroenke buys it. There's a lot of rumors that he was going to potentially move the franchise out of St. Louis, maybe back to Los Angeles. So he buys the franchise for $750 million in 2010. He buys it from the, the children of Georgia Frontier. I think part of it was they didn't really want to have nothing to do with it. I don't think they were able to afford some of the luxury taxes and some other things that came along with that. So they decided to sell. Uh, there's this one little thing that it really intrigued me was there the NFL has this rule it's called the crossover rule and basically what that means is if you own other sports franchises in a city that also has an NFL franchise that operates in that city you cannot be a majority owner of a franchise so he owned the Colorado Rockies or I'm sorry not the Rockies he owned a Colorado Avalanche NHL team the Denver Nuggets, the NBA team, but they're in an NFL city. They're in the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos territory. They wanted, they couldn't, they wanted this. We thought that was going to be something that was going to stop them, but he apparently is allowed to put 
his other two teams in a trust and transfers ownership over to his wife, Ann Walton, and his son, Josh Kroenke. And it, everyone knew that was just for show. No one knew that was – we knew that wasn't real. We just knew – I mean, the NFL, they really messed up on this. They could have stepped in, but instead it says good old boys network – I think they were probably colluding from the very beginning as soon as he bought the franchise that they were going to move the franchise. And that, was, that wasn't good. That wasn't very cool for him to do. Not very cash money there, Stan, or the NFL. But there were some problems. So the where the St. Louis Rams played was in a dome called the Transworld. Well, then it was called the Edwards Jones, Edward Jones Dome. I'll be the first one to say that really was not – well designed to play football it was however built as a multi-purpose facility basically so essentially the st louis convention center they own the convention center and the dome and they actually had very they have we have a lot of different things that come to st louis that people use that for a lot of different conventions and the convention convention center made more money when the Rams were out of town and off season than they did when the Rams were in town. Cause I think their lease was only like $200,000 for the year, but they made so much more money whenever it was, it wasn't being used as the home of the NFL franchise. So part of me thinks that maybe they wanted that they were okay with the Rams cause they weren't really wanting to upgrade the facility, but they're, they're trying to say that the facility wasn't up to par, which I don't necessarily think it was either. I think the, I think the owner should have built a new outdoor football stadium, maybe on the river or something. That was a, a proposed when all this stuff first came out. And Kroenke was dogging our city, saying it wasn't attendance was down. Well, when you put out a subpar product, your your attendance is going to go down. People want to see winning. And when you're that owner, it's almost like he was the owner in Major League that wanted them to lose on purpose so she can move the, Indi- the Indians to Miami. But and also one of the tell also that was something that was really funny was he hired Jeff Fisher, who was the coach of the team that we beat in the Super Bowl, the Titans. But a lot of people think, and I don't know, this could be speculation or rumor, but I think it's hilarious because it does make sense if this is a lot of shystiness going on. A lot of people think he was just hired because he had experience moving NFL franchises. He was the head coach of the Houston Oilers, and then they moved to Tennessee and became the Titans. And Rumor had it that that was strategic, that Kevin Demoff, who was the president of football operations at the time, and I think he still is, and Stan Kroenke, this was what they went after. And so they went ahead and did it. There was a lot of backhanded things that were done. And one thing that Kroenke said, you know, he's a Missouri boy. He was he is quoted in 2010 saying, when all this lease stuff and all these things started coming up, that I'm going to attempt everything that I can to keep the Rams in St. Louis. Well, he lied because everyone knew from the beginning. So he bought some land in Inglewood, California, a suburb of Los Angeles. And it was rumored that he was going to start building a stadium there. But I was like, oh, no, no, he still got a lease. Well, he was able to break the lease. Um, they, there was an arbitration, an arbitrator, and things were went to head-to-head, and it came out that he was able to break his lease as a 20-year lease. So there's a, a lot of these things where really I'm not – I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to Stan in a minute, but I also think too that it was a very poor lease that someone, the city of St. Louis should not have had all these escape clauses in the lease. So that was shame on us. Hopefully, if we ever get an NFL franchise again, which I doubt we will, I just think it's we should have done things a lot better because you don't know who anything could happen, and it did. And so 2016, 
the Rams are approved to move to St. Louis. And so there's lawsuits and all this stuff going on. And really just November of 2021, is there's a huge settlement that Stan Kroenke had to pay like $750 million back to the city of St. Louis. And that check just cleared around Christmas time. But he moved, he moved this franchise. But that's not what this, this podcast isn't about moving the franchise. I get, I like making money. I totally understand him moving the franchise. I'm not going to lie. If I owned an NFL franchise and if I knew that my friend, his franchise doubled overnight. I mean, come on, if you own, but here's the problem. It's a franchise. So just like a McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Subway, when you own a franchise, you still have to follow rules of the franchise corporation as a franchisee. You have to follow the rules of the franchisor. And he didn't. Matter of fact, is speculated, and I don't know, I, I didn't do a ton of research for this, but it's speculated that Roger Goodell, who's the commissioner of the NFL, the franchisor, got with other franchisees and decided to allow this to happen. And no one cared, and he needed to follow the rules. I'm okay with a guy moving his franchise. A lot of people get mad at me when I say that. I'm okay with a person doing that. What I'm not okay with is lying, have some integrity about it. I would have given him a lot of respect if he would have said, look, this is a business opportunity. Attendance is dying here. The city don't want, doesn't want to work with me with building a new stadium. I'm, I get that. Even though I think professional owners, if they're giving tax incentives, that's one thing, but they need to flip the bill mo mainly for their stadium. And a lot of them don't, but that that's neither here nor there. But he should have definitely have, come out he should have said i'm moving i'm moving the team i know you guys are going to hate me i'm sorry this is going to but he was just a master manipulator and then he just lied about oh it just happened to work out come on man the nfl should have really stopped this and if he didn't like it then he just should have sold the team or shouldn't have bought the team in the first place from him being able to buy the franchise 100 percent while he still owned other franchises the nfl just looked the other way and said all right, we're not going to pay attention to this, even though you're violating the rules we've we've set forth. And what really shows you how crazy it is is that the NFL, I think, two years ago, changed that rule not allowing cross-ownership. I don't know how I feel about cross-ownership. I really don't care. The only thing I say, if that's a rule, make your franchisees follow the rule. That would just I – mean, it just makes sense. But the NFL is a joke when it comes to that kind of stuff. Roger Goodell, terrible, terrible, probably one of the worst commissioners of – the full NFL that they've ever seen, but he's made a lot of people, a lot of money and he's made a ton of money too. But my point is I'm still a Rams fan and people give me so much slack. And actually it's kind of annoying. What really annoyed me too, which, or I don't know if it annoyed me or made me kind of laugh or a little confused was when the Rams, they announced all this stuff. People were burning jerseys. Don't burn jerseys. Cronky and the Rams already have your money and NFL have your money. What are you doing? You're, it'd be like literally pulling out a $100 bill out of your wallet, taking a match, and lighting it up. There's no difference. You've already, I don't get that. Don't burn the jerseys. Don't burn the jerseys at all. Celebrate your team. Be mad at Cronky. I'm mad at Cronky. I still would love to have an NFL team here. The Rams went back to the Super Bowl a few years after that, after they moved. I celebrated them. I was rooting for them. They got beat. I'm still going to be celebrating them tomorrow when they play the 49ers. And how, if you live in, let's talk about the 49ers. The 49ers are one of the biggest rivals the Rams have when they were in St. Louis because 
even though it was weird to Rams move halfway across the country, the NFL should have maybe realigned a few things, but they didn't. They wanted to keep the rivalries the same. So we were still stuck in a division with the, in the NFL West. So we were playing Arizona. We were playing San Francisco. Who were the other teams in the NFL West? I can't, I can't, or NFC West. I can't remember. But the 49ers were the main contributors to the rivalry of the St. Louis Rams. And it blows my mind at St. Louis fans. And, you know, this is America. You can do whatever you want. But it blows my mind that you're going to sit there and root for a team that you hate it for a long time because you despise the owner of your former team. I don't get it. Despise Kroenke. He's a schmuck. He's made a lot of money off a lot of people and whatever. He's he's made the American dream work for him. I mean, but he's a hated man. I don't hate him. I don't think it's good to hate people in general. I don't like the dude because he just he swindled a lot of us and he took our team away but i'm not rooting for the 49ers i'm rooting for the rams i at work just yesterday i got they're like are you gonna root for the chiefs i'm like no i don't root for the chiefs because i don't like i never liked the chiefs i mean they're okay from the watch i was rooting i was really upset that the bills blew it last week but i mean shout out to all the real chiefs fan that fans that have been sticking with them through thick and thin and losses and wins when they won their Super Bowls, whatnot. I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. I'm rooting for the Rams. I want them to win. And then they're like, oh, no, you can't root for the Rams. Guess what? It's America. I can go out and root for the mud if I if I want to. But I'm still going to root for the squad. Moral of the story, I lost my team. You, Whoever's listening, you probably still have your team. And if you're in Los Angeles – I'm happy for you. I mean, I hope the Rams win the whole thing. And here's one thing that I didn't understand is we basically took the Rams from L.A. What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> Why didn't people hate Georgia Frontier? I don't know if they did or didn't. If you were an L.A. fan back then and you lost, you, we took we took a team away from another city. It was okay to do then. Hey, I'm rooting for Los Angeles. Don't let anyone tell you you can't root for your team. Keep rooting for your team. You're going to see me on Twitter. You're going to see me rooting for the Rams. I'm going to be wearing my Rams. The only great thing about the Rams moving was all their gear went on sale instantly. So I'm still wearing St. Louis Rams shirts. I went to the, I have, I'm chubby. I got to go to the big and tall shop. That stuff is expensive. I was going through there. Shirts were on sale for like five and seven bucks. I was racking up because I'm like, I'm still going to root for my squad. I'm not going to change teams just because they moved. I don't like staying cranky, but I'm not going to stop rooting for my Rams. So let's go Rams. I hope they whip the mess out of the 49ers tomorrow night. Let's hope they win a Super Bowl. Support your team no matter what it is or where they go. Dislike the owners. Don't dislike the teams. The team's going to do nothing to you. The owners may have. They may have stolen your dreams, but – They can't take away – they can move the greatest show on turf, but they can never take away the memories. As always, guys, thanks for listening to me just rant about this silly little topic. I'm going to still root for my team. Don't tell me not to root for the Rams. You can always listen to me on any platform out there. Hey, I threw out a Twitter poll on how long should a podcast be. I was serious about that. If I'm going too long, let me know. Sometimes I'm an hour. Sometimes I'm trying to keep it between 35 and 45 minutes now. That's really hard to do sometimes because I get – off topic. I'm kind of proud of myself. I didn't get super off topic this time. Yay for me. But you can listen to me on all platforms. I really appreciate you listening. I'm going to do some more solo episodes. Got lots of great stuff coming. Probably going to do about four or five more episodes, take another month off. I think that's just been working for me. I really appreciate the listen. 
tell all your friends, subscribe, tell them this is a great podcast to listen to. Even if it's not, that's all right. Don't give me a pity listen. Don't sit there and say, I'm going to listen to your podcast. It's okay if you do or don't. You know, if, if you know me personally, don't feel obligated to listen to the podcast just because you know me. There's lots of people that still don't know I'm doing the podcast. I'm going to keep it that way because this is a lot of fun. But hit me up on my personal Twitter, GAdams81, or, of course, the Chucklehead Chat Twitter, which is at Chucklehead Chat. Or if you ever feel the need to drop a line and complain or praise or whatever, hit me up, chuckleheadchatpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Hey, enjoy some football.